Hi, I'm Danny Penna, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7 with host Eric Fiorello. Get strong. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor as a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Today... It's the 23rd of December, two days away from Christmas. It's 2019. I'm looking at some of the stuff on my wall in front of me, and I just put up some new stuff. And one of the things says this, survive until 2020. We're going to talk about that more and more, how you mentally work. You've heard, well, we've got the great John McCain coming in shortly. If you haven't listened to the show I've done, well, you should go out and listen to all the shows I've done with John, number one. Number two, if you haven't listened to the show that John, Dr. Wong, and I did a week ago, Saturday, I just got a note from Jason Gillen. He said, well, I'm going to read it verbatim, what he said. Let me see here. Well, he read volume three. He listened to volume three, which I put up yesterday. Now, that was with John power rack it was teaching you how to start the lift off the rods but I, I john and i got into it pretty heavily uh in fact even in the show notes i said probably the best way to start is with an empty bar and i said pick the bar of your choice john and i are going to get into this more and more as we're developing two more prototype bars for this specificity of training we're talking about this isn't the typical bar John and I have discovered something about a particular bar. The way it sits on your traps is unbelievable. This is what Jason said. He said uh, he loved the volume three, but volume two was unbelievable. And he said that would, that's what it was. He said the last pod was the real gold of training, and he meant number two. Um, and I thank Jason for that because that's what people got to start doing. No, not enough people know about this stuff. You're going to know about it because John and I are going to develop it like you've never seen before. We will develop it even better when John talks about the golden era of York. You know, and we're talking Bill March, Dr. Ziegler, Hoffman, of course, Lou Ricky, on and on and on. But you're going to see stuff coming out of this camp next year. It's going to make your eyeballs pop right out of your head, literally. Um, and I am very excited. It's like when I'm looking at what I've put up. It already says, fantastic year ahead, you know? Um, I, I am sensible and in control of my finances. This is all stuff that I've got. I'm reading constantly when I'm doing shows. I've got boards with everything that I want. I'm looking at a board on my wall right now. There's $10 million staring at me. The Husafell Stone, Iceland, Icelandic beautiful women, my log cabin out in uh, Wyoming. Ferraris, you name it. This is how you get somewhere. You want to lift big? Get that power rack on your wall. I'm looking at one right now. Right now, it's staring me in the face. I'll probably put mine up. I sent a picture of mine to John the other day. He's seen it. But Dennis's camera is phenomenal. And it's just his phone. 
Then you can get a picture of what the hell I'm in. And there's three of them in my uh, garage. Three power racks. Two assembled, one ready to go at any time. It's just unbelievable stuff. So, this is the lines we're thinking. You know, when I say fantastic year ahead, I'm already in 2020 in my mind. 2020, 2020. So, on that note, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Why? Because that's how we talk here. And you're going to hear so much of this next year like you never have. And we're going to be doing things with a lot of different people. We have a gentleman coming in here in January. In my opinion, he's probably one of the best speakers on all this stuff out there. Joseph Rodriguez. If you've never heard of him, you need to go out and see him. Listen to him. He is phenomenal, and he's going to be on Eminem in January. Among a lot of names that were on here in the past that, you know, we want them back. They want to be back on here, uh, especially you, you just listened to her show be up probably tomorrow, Amanda Stone. We hadn't talked to her in three years. You know, life changes. You're moving around, this, that, and the other thing. She's had some major injuries. She's back here. I couldn't be happier, and neither could she. When you hear the last show we did, it, it was phenomenal the other day. We did it Saturday. Just great stuff. So, as I said, 2020 is going to be unbelievable here. And for all of you, too, if you're into us, you're going to be into it. Uh, next thing. Go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com, winners and champions. That is our premier product. Be on the lookout because as we keep turning coin here, we're going to be putting out a ton of stuff. You're going to see film because John and his son Rob, and I don't know, maybe his grandson will get here too, I hope, and my brother-in-law, um, Dennis probably, um, you're going to see some training out of this gym possibly even that day. If not... We're probably all going to be taking wax at things just for the hell of it, just to do some stuff together, get the energy really cooking for 2020. So, great stuff. I mean, I am just jacked out of my skull right now from yesterday's workout, Christmas, everything. This is when things happen. This is when it all happens. So, pay attention. I'm telling you right now. Also, if you love these shows, they're helping you out. Nothing is for free in life. Go on out to our Prosperity Conscious on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. There's a 25, 50, and 100. It goes to my MailChimp, or not my MailChimp account. It goes to my PayPal account, and it goes right into the bank. And anybody that has this year given and in the past, we thank you for that. And the best way to do it is when you contribute, make sure you put friends and family because they take a fee out, and why pay them? Okay? But... If you want to do like I've been saying for the last few weeks, we are downloading shows like crazy now. How about $10 from everybody that listens to the show? Because the people coming in here next year are already trying to get, twist my arm off that we got to start charging for shows. I don't want to do that. But we also need income to thrive. And that's the way things work here. This is a business, well, business times too. So think about that. Also, go out to MotivationMuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Go out. John and I are mounting shows now, whether it's us and now Dr. Wong. And Dr. Wong, we're probably going to talk to him. I don't know if it'll be January because January is stacked right to the wall, and I didn't really want to do that because we're not going to do as many shows. 
next year. There's too many other business opportunities out there that I've got to get ventured into and got to be part of more. I can't be to the side, so to speak. Not that I ever am, but I want to be in the thick of everything. So I can't do shows the way I did because we have to grow this business where these shows now can go to a national radio. That's how you do things. That's a smart way. And there's a lot of things going on with Blueberry. We're going to be doing behind the scenes for Eminem to get it out there, automated even more. It'll take less off me, too. And I need that more and more because with the prototyping, John, Wong, everybody, there's so many things going on here. Dennis, I haven't talked a lot about the reprogramming of him because I'm not going to call it weight loss. I hate all that shit. He's been here with me for... Now it's going to go on almost nine weeks next week. He started here at 294. I have him down at 242 already. We've beat our goal already by eight pounds for the end of this year, and we're going to beat it even more. Think about that, folks. That's a 52-pound weight loss. That's why I said you want to come in here, you live in upstate New York, Albany, come here. I'll train you like you've never been trained before, and you will learn how your mind works, and you will learn how your body works, and you will no longer be a sucker to anything, especially the trends out there. So think about that. You can get a hold of me on Facebook, and we'll talk to one another via phone or Skype. I won't go back and forth. That's not the way you do business. Also, too, sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. That goes out to my MailChimp account, and you know how content-rich we are. Also, come on in here. We're downloading enough shows now for anybody to come in here and advertise with us. Um, The rates are very, very reasonable, and I will work diligently for you, and you will help us out monetarily, and we'll build brands like you've never seen before. And that's the way it is. And also to our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. And when I say Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power, I'm talking about You know, having fists that are like lead, thickly muscled, right? Thickly muscled and aggressive. And we don't sit around and wait for somebody to tell us what to do. As my pop said, you take the bull by the horns. And on that note, I'm going to bring a bull in momentarily, but I'm going to give you a little information on this gentleman. Number one, well, we know last Sunday on my dad's anniversary, John turned 74, He's been competing in all aspects of the Iron Game for 57 years. He's lifted in hundreds of meets, having won national titles in Masters Age, Olympic-style weightlifting and powerlifting, and acquired nine world titles in IAWA. That's called all-around weightlifting. Currently holding 335 USAWA national all-around records. As a retired middle school math teacher with a master's degree in guidance and counseling, John put to good use all the writing required in college by self-discovery articles published in about every available strength journal. He was quite involved with the sport during the golden age of power rack training in the 1960s and has continually trained with, researched, and written about this dynamic system ever since. And before I welcome John in, I've said this, and I'm not getting anything for it. I discovered John many years ago in Hard Gainer magazine. That was Stuart McRobert. I do believe he even wrote for Perry Rader at one time, but this magazine was out of Greece. I read things by John that changed a lot of the way I did things, especially getting into singles. And to think today, 
I speak to this gentleman routinely. Um, that's why I tell everybody, don't think wishes don't come true. If you stay focused, keep thinking in your mind what you want, who you want to be around, I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen for you. So, John, I know that was long, but you know what? That's the way it is here. We talk. We don't talk any shit with anybody. It's always an honor. Welcome back, sir. Obviously, Merry Christmas, and I'll say that at the end, but it's always good to have you on board, my friend. Merry Christmas to you, Eric, and Merry Christmas to all our listeners out there. Thank you so much for putting up with all my squawking, but we do have some things that are pretty important to talk about, and as Eric and I discussed earlier uh, before the show started, today maybe we should look at a bunch of different lifts that you can do in the power rack, although certainly it's not going to be restricted to what Eric and I think, but more what you as an individual would like to train on. The big thing is not to do too much, but to sort of concentrate, put all your powers together on one or two lifts of your choosing. And I, I agree, and I, I've, a couple things just came to mind, and I'll ask you it during the show. Now, I'm going to recap a little bit here. Go out to uh, FiorellaBarbellCo.com and look and read the four pillars of power. Um, it's just kind of a little recap, a little update of what John and I, and obviously the show with Dr. Wong is in there too, have been doing in the last uh, probably three months. John's been here. I, I'll have to look up the date when he started. But it's going on long before John came on the air. I finally convinced him, and I'm so glad he's on with us because um, Encyclopedia of Knowledge. But I would tell you go out and look at that. That lists all the shows we've all done since he's been on with us in the one show we did, the three of us, last weekend with Dr. Wong. Um, and we mainly focus always on the dead stop squat with the push. Um, in my opinion, there's nothing better. Now, I will tell you a few things I'm doing, and I want John, we're going to get right into what he feels. It's good to start. Now, I want to ask him another question after he does that. Um, I'm doing a floor press, which is a bench press. To some people, I will not use a bench. When I bench, uh, I'm laying on my platform where the power rack is lagged right through into the cement floor. To me, you couldn't ask for a finer way to bench press. You know, benches, they dig in here. You might swing left and right. Well, that's not good when you got a big, powerful weight laying over the top of you. This way, I'm safe. I only use an Apollon axle. Because the idea right now is to grow into it and then think about how big we're going to push. I've got a massive goal for that. And I'm doing a very, very steep incline with the Apollon too. Singles, of course, uh, time pushes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And there's a few other things I'm dabbling with right now. But as John said, you know, you take one or two and – Get proficient as hell with it. But what we wanted to get into today was John, and he came up with a great, great point here. We've been hammering the squat, and I'll hammer it till the day I'm dead. But John's done so many different things with all around lifting. He's going to give you some other ideas what you can do, and some you're going to know for sure. You know, we could get in anything, but I'll let him do that, and I'll add whatever I can, and we'll go from there. So, John, take it away, my friend. Okay, uh, let's just start with the beginning. 
when the power rack first came uh, into being, uh, and Bill March and Ziegler were working this, and Lou Reek. Lou Ricky also got into this just a little bit later. But the thing was, in those early days, the big lift was the press. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody much had done bench presses because uh, powerlifting itself had not really come into being as an official sport. Yeah, the bodybuilders bench pressed, but for the most part, the when anybody would ask you what can you lift it was always what can you press yeah so bill march of course was a king of the press and he worked on this uh, exclusively with three positions but getting down to where uh you and i like to work at eric in a midi position yep. that would mean a start from either the jaw or the bottom of the nose yep. and press it up a few inches, either into a bar or just into the air to hold. Mm -hmm. And I noted that back then they had uh, a lot of, after this became exposed to the general training public, a lot of guys that started instantly to excel in the press. Mm -hmm. So besides Bill March, uh, there was a, a young teenage phenomenon named Gary Gubner from New York City yep. who, who actually made the Olympic team in both uh, the shot put and weightlifting. Mm -hmm. uh, he pressed over 400, and yet they said his form was not really great. He would just do like Bill Marsh did. It would be a slow, steady press yep. like it was on an elevator. Just going straight up. He developed this with the power rack. Uh, the famous Olympic lifter Joe Doobie, who came mm -hmm. about uh, a little bit later. Uh, he was sort of a Paul Anderson type in his build. Uh, another phenomenal presser uh, that pressed like 450 or better. And then also there was uh, from the York team and one of Bill March's uh, training partners, Ernie Pickett. Yep. Now, Ernie... Big, tall guy. He started at lifting. He, he had come from a basketball background. He stood 6'4", had very long arms, and the first time after a little bit of training, uh, he got under the bar to press it. He struggled and strained to get all of 115 pounds up. <laughs> uh, it sort of embarrassed him, but he had this go-ahead type of attitude, he eventually, uh, after he made some gains, gained some body weight because he had kind of a skinny frame at 6'4", uh, he got his press up and then he started getting into the rack. Eventually, he set a world record with those long arms at mm -hmm. 457. Phew. You know, and, and if you can imagine a guy that's 6'4 and has arms right. almost that long, yep. that, you know, that would be maybe the most foot ponds that were ever pressed mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, again, he was pure strength uh, for a brief while after he had made gains in the power rack. Some bozos convinced him, well, you better start training the form on that better. Yeah. So he started doing a lot of form lifts. And guess what? His big press went down. right back on. Yeah. Yep. So he got back to power work and eventually made that uh, 457. 
which which was a tremendous lift. But back then, everybody was doing a press, and I would strongly urge guys that are just getting into the rack, use this. It'll build your shoulders, your triceps, your whole body, because it's been said, nothing works the total body better than a standing press. Yep. Everything comes into being. Everything is stabilizing. Uh, your thighs better be pretty strong to do a good press because yep. that's supporting everything. Uh, the press in every which way that I can think of is much better than the bench press for anything. Yep. Which sure. tends to be, you know, despite the pondages that can be handled, it's really sort of an isolation exercise, mm-hmm. not the press. Uh, the press was everything. And these days, uh, you don't see many people doing standing presses anymore. No. Once it, it was the big lift, but once it got uh, tossed out of Olympic lifting, And the reason was because they tried to make it a speed and a form lift, and it really became, and I I saw the evolution of it. I was back there at that time. It went from the slow, strict, strong lift that Bill March and Ernie Pickett used into something that was sort of a a quick toss uh, and a duck under type of thing. Uh, I mean, I had seen, I was at one contest where they still had the press world meet and both Alexiev yep. and uh, Serge Redding were pressing. Yep. Serge would clean it and it was like Bill March. It was just like a crane. Oh yeah. The, the thing that that bar just went up slow and steady, strong as hell. And you saw where this guy developed those 24 inch arms. Yep. Uh, he was tremendous. On the other hand, Alexiev came up. He kicked it with his with his legs, yep. did a bend, a kick, uh, something else came into play where he straightened up, leaned back. Uh, it was a jerk. Yeah. Uh, no way it should have been passed, but of course, being he was elective, yep. and the officials uh, in many cases were uh, from the communist bloc, it got passed. This is eventually why that lift was tossed out, and then people just sort of lost interest. Yeah. But if they would go back and train the pure press, particularly in a power rack like Bill March and Pickett and Doobie yep. uh, and, and many other guys back in the 60s used, they would develop strength that they could not imagine otherwise. Um, without a doubt. And, you know, you and I have talked about it. In fact, I've been doing it on and off uh where how I do it is right usually from just above uh, the chin, and I go right to the middle of the forehead. Um, let me tell you something: to move that weight like that, and I'm talking, you're getting into a heavier weight, heavier weight. You're strong as iron. I'm telling you because to start that bar is the most difficult part of the whole lift. Once you get it moving. It's a different story. That doesn't mean every time you're going to do a push against the other set of rods. Uh, it, it, it's not a definite because I've had it where it moved good and I went to hit the other set of rods. I couldn't hold it against them. It was too much. I might have held it for, for uh, a blink of the eye. But my point is, like John said, this transfers over to everything. I mean, you know, when you're moving a bar like that, you're using 
every piece of your body. I don't care what, well, it's not, you know, people said to me, well, how do you consider that a press because you're not locking it out? I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. Why don't you get under just the bar and you tell me? And it's like, no, there aren't any takers for it because suddenly it's like, that might be difficult. Well, it, it can be difficult, but the point of this whole series we are doing on Power Rack, everything, I mean, you name it. Um, it's to show you that there are alternatives which can really, really, really create strength and power like you've never seen. I'm telling you, you will end up becoming a buzzsaw after a year of this if you buy into it. I mean, I just read the thing from Jason Gillen, what he sent me, text me a few times this morning. Um, there's a lot of guys, I've seen guys out there even who are on this show that were doing some power rack stuff. It was okay. But it's nothing like John and I are talking about. So, John, one thing I want to ask you, and I want the next movement you're, you, we want to hit, is this. As you and I have talked extensively on this. All right, somebody coming in here, let's say maybe they've done some power rack work, but it's nothing to the, to the degree we're talking and going to be going to down the road. Is it better to just maybe stay with two movements, let's say, for 90 days? Just we'll give that that number out. Or would you say mix them up? Or after the 90 days, go to another set? Or are you a believer in taking two things and getting as strong and as powerful as you can be? Well, that's a sort of a double-edged sword, I suppose. The You might really like a lift and want to really push this yep. uh, to see how high and far you can go. Uh, it's like a movement I'm going to discuss in a minute. Okay. That I, I, I want to stop it and go to something else, but I kind of like the progress I'm making. Yeah. However, the most people would be better off, especially getting into this to begin with, uh, take two movements – and work those to death yep. for 90 days. Yep. And pick another set. Uh, eventually, you'll come back to what you really like best. But the thing is, and I think you uh, mentioned this before with the press, you're going to fall into a little pressure if you're doing this in a power rack because people will say exactly what they said to Eric. Well, mm -hmm. you're really not doing a lift. You're only lifting at a few inches. You're not yep. – uh, you know, you're, you're not getting anything out of it. Well, I find out through my experiments, it's just the opposite. Exactly. One of the lifts I'll be mentioning, uh, I started feeling bad because people were looking at me. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go and do a few complete lifts with it. Mm -hmm. And I did. I, I felt pretty good. And, I'm, you know, uh, people were, were looking and saw that I could actually finish a lift. And then I, I got to thinking. You know, I'm just doing this to show off. I'm not getting the same feel I got when I lifted it an inch and held it. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing like that hold and the time that you get into it. It doesn't have to be a long time. But when you hold this, the whole musculature is working. If you don't hold it, if you complete a lift to lockout, that lockout isn't doing shit. Yeah, I mean, you, you could lock it out and hold it forever. Uh, yeah, okay, there's a little bit of stress on you and everything and in the system, but it's not like holding at a an incomplete position. 
Now, the the one lift that I was referring to, and I wanted to get into this anyway, uh, it's the straddle lift done at mid-position. Uh, we call that in all-round lifting the Kennedy lift. You start 18 inches above the floor. Uh, you can do that very easily by setting the rack rods and just doing enough so that you're pulling that, pushing it, whatever you want to call it, an inch above those pins, and then hang on. Yep. You want to get eventually, uh, if you get the liking that lift, I'm getting bored with it, but I do like it. It's like I said, the double-edged sword. The thing is, you want to get to the point where you're holding on with that partial position enough that the bar is actually going to try to escape even a good hook grip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the way I feel with some of the pondages that I've been working up to is that I'm having trouble uh, holding on to that with a with a very secure hook grip. Right. And the thing is, you know, it's not like I'm, uh, you know, a, a great lifter or anything. But the fact is that in competitions, I never lost a deadlift ever or, yeah. you know, a regular straddle lift from a, from my grip giving ever. Yep. yep. So when when I'm working up the bondages now that are threatening that hook grip, I'm thinking you know that that's making pretty good progress for a, a guy as old as me. Uh, you know? Yeah, but I'll tell you this: not to interrupt you, the hell with old as you. I mean, you, you, look, I, you, you got to look at things generally. All right, um, you and I and and so many other people have had these chats. And, you know, you and I talk quite a bit offline. Um, what I've noticed, and I've been noticing more and more, and I've talked to a lot of people outside of M&M and stuff, is this. And, and they've lifted for a long time, John. But they're doing the same old, same old. Okay, it's more of the bodybuilding stuff we talked about early on, which to me is worthless. That's just me talking. Um, the reason why I ended up going into the rack many years ago when we all split up as a team was because I didn't know at the time how beneficial it was. But when I saw people like Anderson and I bought all those pamphlets from Doug Hepburn, now I started messing around with stuff. And I talk to people all the time. And they're like, how, how are you moving stuff like that and this, that, and the other thing, you know? Because they figure by the time you're 30 now, you're finished. Well, I'm far from finished. And when you say at 74, well, that's a load of shit. Because I said this about you before. I've said it to you online, offline. Listen to your voice. You have a very young voice. You have exuberance of a young man. That is really it in a nutshell. Not only that, you've been around in a time when it was totally different than what it is today. And when we talk power rack, a lot of this has got to sound very foreign to people because it disappeared. Let's face it, after Ziegler and March, maybe there's stuff you could tell us better than that. But when I started out, and that was quite a while after that, never you'd see a power rack, but as they say, you'd hang your clothes off it. Nobody ever used it until I got in the old steel pier 
and you saw some of the older guys using it, and I was like, okay, and then as I started progressing more and more into those pamphlets and reading, and my buddy Richie, who was an Olympic lifter, was a big power rack guy, and he was not a big guy, and he was strong. Richie was um, five foot eight, maybe, nine. 168 pounds, and he could do from the middle of his shins. I remember those power lifters were looking at him. I think that day, and he pulled it easy, and I don't think he used straps either. He ripped 600 off and pulled it right up, and they were, like, looking at him like, what the hell? This is what I'm talking about. So, you know, definitely you are making progress still, and this should be, you know, they always talk about the sales pitch. There's no sales pitch here. John 74, look at the gains he's making still in a power rack. Does that sell you or not, folks? It's all yours, John. I could go on, on, and on, and on. But until people are going to take the bite out of that steel apple, those four pillars of power that you step into, you can listen all you want. It's just like business. There is never an opportune time to get into it. You know what you do? You dive into it. And if you hit your head, tough shit, you do it. It's all yours, John. Okay. Well, you, you have me convinced, although when I come up to train with you, uh, <laughs> you're going to think, gee, this is Homer Simpson. This is yeah. a weightlifter. <laughs> no way. We're going to. Uh, well, we're gonna... No, but the, the, the progress is there. You're right. It, it keeps coming, and it doesn't seem to stop no matter you know, how old you get as right. long as you keep your enthusiasm. Yep. But a point I wanted to make about the uh, uh, straddle lift or the Kennedy lift uh, yep. uh, is the fact that this was a very key lift back in the time in the 1920s of Al- Alan Calvert, one of the all-time yep. great writers of strength. In fact, if the readers have not ever seen his book published in the 1920s entitled Super Strength. Get that. Yep. You can throw every other weightlifting book away yep. after you read that because it's big. He covers just about all there is that we call all runs today. And the major movement that he gave for the legs was not the squat. It was the straddle lift mm-hmm. done off blocks. In mm-hmm. other words, that Kennedy lift or the 18-inch power rack lift that I'm talking about. And then later on, this will amaze some people too, the favorite leg exercise of John Grimmick was that very high straddle lift. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a picture or two of Grimmick doing that thing, and of course, uh, once you look at that picture, all you want to do is run down and grab a <laughs> pair of blocks and start straddle lifting. Yep, yep. Because, <laughs> well, of course, he looked amazing in it, everything he did, but he really, really liked that high straddle lift for his legs. And, uh, I mean, remember, you're talking about a guy that uh, really was a, uh, a legitimate Mr. Universe that looked like a He-Man yep. that had thighs that were bigger than his waist. Yep. Yep. So, you know, th- th- this says something about that particular lift. Uh, another lift that I always get a kick out of, but I very rarely ever seen anybody do in a power rack, uh, is the Zercher lift. Oh, yeah. Now, the Zercher lift, 
and, and this always is particularly funny to me. Uh, I've read innumerable people, so-called experts, that will describe how to do the Zercher lift, and none of them have it right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was talking to somebody, or I, I don't remember where this was, but telling them how to do the Zercher lift, and the comment was, well, what makes you such an expert on it? <laughs> this is just your opinion. Yeah. Who did you learn from? And I just shake my head and smile, and I said, Ed Zercher. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Oh. Yeah, and I tell him exactly how how old 80-some-year-old Ed Zercher told me at one of our meets that we went to out in Missouri. Uh, Ed was competing, by the way, wow. uh, still at that age. But he told me how it was developed and how to do it and everything. And I'll, I'll tell this to somebody, and they'll <laughs> inevitably, be, probably because they're embarrassed, what they'll always tell me is, well, he didn't know what he was doing. Oh, wow. I mean, Unreal. He invented, he invented the damn lift. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. But the fact is that the, the probably the problem with the Zercher lift is you, you do it as a standard deadlift and pull it up on your thighs. Right. And then you hook it in uh, with, with your the inside of your elbows yep. and, and squat up. Yep. The thing is that, you know, for, for a lot of people – That'll hurt your thighs the first time or two, especially with a standard one-inch bar. It it actually cuts them or puts blisters on it. Uh, I'll never forget when I, you know, after Zercher told me how to do it, and I trained on it for a while, and, boy, I had these big grooves across my (laughs) thighs. They were like actual blisters, you know, water blisters and everything. I forgot about it, went in the next workout, pulled it up, set it down, and wow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Talk about pure pain as those things burst on me. But, uh, you know, the thing is, if you put these at pins in the power rack, just a little above your thighs, then it becomes a very comfortable, pure leg type of lift, leg and hip lift Yep. that, that you get up with. And then you can uh, put it at different positions where it might be even more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a heck of a lift if you don't have to put up with that initial pain. Yeah. And probably it's even better if you do it as uh, Mr. Zercher himself had developed it. Keep your thighs relatively close. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this gives you a little bit more of a like a midi position for okay. the squat. Uh, later on, some of us, and I'm, I plead guilty, I was the one that did it. Uh, some of us thought, well, if we did it as a sumo style, we yeah. could reach in and grab the bar better. And most people, uh, you know, did go to that. Um, and I, I liked it better too because it was more comfortable that way. However, you don't get the same leverage you do with the thighs together. Okay. Uh, it, it puts you sitting down a little bit lower, and then you have to strain a lot harder to get out of that hole. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, you know, but the the way uh, Zercher had originally developed it, as he told me, he did this for our uh, national uh, all-round coordinator who actually invented it and got this incorporated. That was Bill Clark. Bill yep. at the time – uh, was a little bit older, and he was uh, uh, quite active in softball. 
he, he was into all kind of athletics, but he was an umpire for a lot of softball games and he was having trouble uh, squatting down after each pitch and then getting up. Okay. And he, he asked Ed Zercher, is there something I could do for it? And that's when Zercher developed the uh, Zercher lift. Well, you know, John, maybe we'll have to sell that whole thing to Major League Baseball, huh? Well, it could be because I'll tell you what, that's the way it was developed and yep. it worked real well because after he started doing that, Bill Clark did not have any trouble with those it, knees interesting. Uh, and, and getting up. And in fact, I have an old picture of him from back in that time, Bill Clark. Uh, he was doing it uh, as an exhibition in front of uh, a bunch of prisoners inside a prison meet that he did. He did that a lot. He really did a lot to promote the, the thing, but he, he was doing it with 405. Wow. Holy the, the, the prisoners were going crazy. Holy <laughs> this guy, shit. you know, squat 405 with a bar in the crooks of his elbows. Wow. But, I mean, yeah, there, there's been guys, you know, long since then that, that have done more, a lot more weight. Yeah. Uh, but it's something you really have to train on and you can get up into pretty good bondages, but you got to do it right. And, you know, I suspect some of these crazy things I've read about guys that put their own, uh, thing on this. And this is the definitive way that the Zercher lift should be done. And they're nowhere near close to the way it was intended to be. Let me ask you a question too. You know, our feeling with these big, thick bars we're playing with, um, would a two inch like an axle be useful for that, or do you would that would that matter? I mean, is is a one inch more prevalent or two inch? Or have you ever dabbled with anything thick with this? No, I, I've never done it. It's okay. not a bad thought, mm-hmm. but the the thing is, it to me that would tend to it wouldn't fit in okay as well as a one inch bar. Okay. Yep. But I'm not going to say it wouldn't work because I know in a lot of cases. When when I find in a competition mm-hmm. that the it, it was just a little too much for those elbows, I'd straighten out the forearm a little bit and carry it basically okay. Okay. on that meaty section of the forearm yes. closest to the elbow, yep. and I could get up with it. Wow, wow. But the thing, you know, I think that would be something very worthy of trying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, our feeling with what we're doing with that stuff, I, I've never been so um... – exuberant about big thick heavy huge bars now period but let's talk about the next uh movement here that you feel is would be a great uh learning tool for everybody here well i i can't overlook the bent over row i knew you were going to say that because i was going to ask you that if you didn't do that after this one go ahead i love it bent rows baby go ahead well that it's always been a favorite of mine. I like bent rows. Uh, you know, I, I like that pooling power. I like to get the lat involvement in that and everything else. And in fact, uh, again, I have to plead guilty to introducing this to the international and national all-around committees. Uh, I, I petitioned for it. We got rules set up. Uh, and again, People can't argue with me about how how you should be doing this because I wrote the rules. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
uh, in fact, I think they wanted to name it the McCain lift, and I, I, I didn't want to have anything to do with, with, with having that head mentality that I had to have my name on a lift. Exactly. The, the bent over row was always a king of movements, and it belongs in its own category, in its own name. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, with the bent over row, you can start this uh, – just a little bit above the full extension of your arms, pull it a few inches and hold it. Has tremendous effect on, on your your back, musculature, and everything else. The only thing you got to watch on that is if you do it too far in front, it's going to put a big strain on your lower back. Okay, so, well, so not to interrupt, but so when they start the lift, say we're in the rack. We got the rod set. Are we talking? We want the bar, say mid middle of the thighs, knees, or shit. How are we pulling that from what what area well, on the body? That, it depends on what you like to work. Okay. Uh, in a lot of cases, the the hard part of the bent over row is is actually not right at the start, but near the start, just a little above that. Okay. Uh, the the reason being that. The bent over row in competition, or as we call it, the power row, as I wrote it, starts with a little bit of a, uh, a deadlift and from the ground, yep. and then you pull it. So it already has some momentum going for it at the start, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not like a strict bent over row where you bent over and just right. put art, but yep. it, it's a little more than that. So. The thing is, when you do this at just above a starting position okay. in a power rack, uh, I'm not talking to the floor. I'm talking like right. around the knees and stuff. Yeah. You would uh, probably should do that kind of strictly yeah. because you want to develop just that pulling power. You don't want to get it start it with a heave. Right. Uh, you want to start at pure power and then hold with pure pure power. Uh, this, this affects everything. And in fact, thanks to the power rack, we can also do the one arm row, Exactly. but do it with a barbell, Yep. not yep. a dumbbell, Yep. get, put it inside those pins, Yep. start it and pull it a couple inches and hold it. This way you can brace with the other arm exactly. uh, and not put the excess strain on your lower back. If you screw up, that's excellent. Um, look, the bottom line is here. I mean, you talk about that was always one of my favorites, bent row, among the others we talked about here today. Um, I love the idea of taking, like you said, get the thing started. It's going to be somewhat like a deadlift initially, whether we're moving two inches, four inches, are we pulling it against rods or are we just doing a hold, you know, wherever we're going to pull that thing to. Um, There's nothing like that. And, boy, you can get up to a massive weight with that, too. And, once again, we can play with any size bar we want. See, that's what I like about it. This is why I'm, I'm going to get right back to you, too, John, why I've fallen in love with these big, heavy, thick bars. There's two things. Number one, when you're initially doing this stuff, we all get kind of exuberant. John said you got to be careful, obviously, you know, the way we lift it can affect your lower back. You don't want to have any of that business. But what I like about the Apollo, and this is what I told John in the very beginning when we started with the floor press and the steep incline and the standing press, to name a few here, I want it to limit 
what I can use initially. And what does that mean? Well, how strong are your hands, your wrists, and everything that's got to push that thing off the rods? And eventually, you want to do some type of push or pull. Now, you might get up initially to an all right amount of weight. I have. But there is a breaking point because if you're not recovered, especially in your hands, the next time, whatever you moved, you go to hit that weight and you can't even budge it off the rods. I think it's a very great way to get a learning experience with this stuff because, and it also, when you limit the weight in the beginning or the middle or whatever you're doing for a few months, the less chance of injury. Because if you get sloppy with this stuff, you got an injury, I can tell you that right now. And you don't want that stuff. It's better to build this stuff up slow with these things because then, you know, like John would say, you look at yourself in the mirror, you're walking on a beach, or you go over and see people you haven't seen. They're like, holy God, what the hell have you been doing? We talked about on Volume 3 the thickening of the muscle mass the ligaments, the tendons, the bone, okay? You can look, man. I'll tell you right now, You with this type of training, watch what's going to happen. You can almost reshape the way your bones look in your forehead and your face. I, th- I see changes in my face structurally. Why? Well, when you're under something pushing as hard as you can, what do you think is going on? Your face is tensing up. You're building muscles all there, too. You know, and I I think I said this to John. I didn't say this whole thing to him. I I think it's the fountain of youth, but you know what else I think it is, too? How many people do you know get uh, face surgery to pull pull their skin tight? You go out and do a few of those holds for a few years, your skin's going to be as tight as can be. Go ahead, John. It's all yours. Well, you made a good point about the thicker bar, and I'm thinking in terms of even a bent over row where it's going to make the exercise tougher yeah. and you're not going to be able to do as much as you could with a one inch bar with a good hook grip, Yep. but it's going to overall affect your musculature a lot better and mm-hmm. is actually kind of comfortable mm-hmm. when you're lifting a two inch bar compared to a one inch bar. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it feels a lot better. And I'm, I'm, uh, as you were saying that, I'm thinking about, uh, I told you this morning, for some reason, a couple of days ago, uh, my right wrist just sort of turned limp on me. I, I don't know, you know, if yeah. I had grabbed something too hard, uh, but what I believe will actually help work that, now that you think about it, uh, I'm going to start doing my rows with a, with a thick bar. Yeah, I agree. I, I won't be able to do as much weight probably, but it'll be more comfortable and it won't stress that that wrist like whatever stressed it before it did. Probably it was uh, some of the stuff I've been doing with a one-inch bar that created that, although I have some other thoughts too. But the fact is that it's not going to stop me from training. No. There's always ways that you Get can around. find – Yep. Away from it, uh, and in fact, I think this is a big thing with the uh, the power rack because you can always circumvent the injury. Yeah. In other words, if you find that there's a weak link in your chain, just grab the chain higher. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know what else too, John? I think a one inch bar. You have a tendency. Okay, we like going heavy, heavy, heavy. Um. Things can bend all over the place with a one-inch bar, all right? And I've always believed that. Good, bad, and different, well, we can get some injuries like that. A two-inch bar, 
being that it does not bend, it's going to be a much different feel. The position's going to feel. Now, this is what I want to say, like, from yesterday. The reason why I love these thicker, and I mean, I've got, I've been, I told John, you've heard me say when I think my brain blew out that night with the three-inch bar doing the dead stop, and then it came back, and I, I've been totally different with training since that happened. I think I did rewire and I got more neurons, but that's neither here nor there. We'll get into that down the road again. What I love with a two-inch bar, after you've pulled something or pushed it, take your hands off. Look at your hands. And if your forearms are exposed, mine still are. I don't care. I think it was six degrees out yesterday. I had the heat on. It was only 40 in there all the time. It just takes, uh, you don't see your breath, or if you do, barely out of there. It's not warm by any means, but I want to keep things as warm as possible. You're not going to do something stupid and tear it because you, you won't turn the heat up. Now, I'll give you the visual. Picture the press. Picture the row we just were talking about here. You take your hands off. Look at your hands, man. Oh, I know. Blood's flowing like crazy. But your hands are huge, man. At least mine are. My fingers are thick as a brick. Veins are popping out all over my my I've got big hands they look like catcher's mitts sometimes when they're pumped I'm looking at them right now forearms you know John talks about he's having a little bit of wrist issue your wrists are pumped I was doing wrist curls yesterday in the rack I got a new way of doing them sitting on a bench off the rods you know I never have any bullshit with them now anymore and I'm using heavier weights now to do reverse curls with them only singles with everything it is the joy of my life. You look, I'm looking at my forearms. They're just blown out right now. Why? Heavy, thick bars. Heavy, thick. It's all yours, John. Just wanted to say that because I'm telling you right now, visual is so important when you're training. I know, and I'm not a guy that's got mirrors hanging on the wall, everybody, so understand me. I'm talking about eye to skin. It's all yours. Well, you're right about the the thick bar and everything, and I'm I'm reflecting on that and thinking, geez, everything we we do should probably be done with two inch bars. I, agree. I know in all runs when we have a, a number of lifts that were uh, originally developed by uh, a farmer out in the Midwest, Kevin Fulton. Yep. Uh, we call the two-inch bar the Fulton bar, in fact. So we do deadlifts this way, straddle lifts, hack lifts, and they all feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. because And you feel that grip working. Yep. Yes, you cannot use as much weight as you can with a hook grip with a one-inch bar. But it feels better. You have more of a sense of overall body power. Mm -hmm. And one thing, though, Eric, I, I do have to disagree with you Shoot. on. And that is you mentioned, well, the, the beauty of the two-inch bar is it won't bend. I saw it bend a couple times. Really? Wow. Not from what I did. Okay. But I, I keep mentioning my old friend Steve Schmidt. Right. We, we had the hip lift bar for uh, a couple of the meets that he was setting world records on that was so stacked with 100-pound plates wow. all the way onto the end, and we had to tape extra plates on top of those <laughs> for him Love to it. do it. Though That bar bent. bent. Yep. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you this then. Now you got me set wanting a new goal. Now I've got to break that fucking bar in half now. 
That's well, you it. Know, you, you could you could do like Steve Schmidt did. Wow. Uh, he, he never he never could find a bar that was good enough for him until he he went out and he found one. Yeah. Uh, and he uses this as his warm up bar. It was an old set of train axles that were two inches thick. And they and the bare bar weighed eighteen seventy five. You know that's the thing, John. We talk about this. It, isn't it not amazing? what you come up with and what you do when things are standing right in front of you. You always find a way when you want it. I mean, that is absolutely amazing, folks. Think about that. Amazing. You know, and that's what we're talking about here with this stuff. This stuff is ultimately the most amazing things. I said that in that blog post, The Four Pillars of Power. You want to become amazing better than anything, anyone out there? It's going to deliver. Obviously, you're going to have to be doing the things we're talking about. It's not going to happen overnight, but power rack training to me is you want results quicker than anything else. You get in that rack, and you do the stuff we're talking about, and you build into it, not doing 15 different uh, movements. John says, like I said, but John came up and said, we're going to concentrate on two. Think about... You concentrate on the bent row, and you know I'm going to say the squat, dead stop squat. One year, one year, okay, training at the midpoint. If things get a little stale, well, then, you know, let's have a substitute. All right, we'll do the standing press. That's it. What do you think you're going to look like in January of 2020 and January of 2021 if you've given all? Let's just say you weighed 180 pounds. You want to bring your weight up a little bit. You're going to easily be 210, maybe 220, okay? Think about your strength curve. You started with 150 pounds in the squat. Now you're up to 330. The bent row, you started in with 125. Now you're up to 230. The press, you started in with 80, and you're pressing 145 now. Is that gains? You bet your ass. And then, John, I, I was going to say this to John, and I'll get we'll, – we'll see what he says to this. You go into these meets. What do you think you're going to be like with a one-inch Olympic bar or a power bar? You'll bend that son of a bitch in half, and you'll set records everywhere. It's all yours, John. Take it away. And what what I said about the transference to the one – what's your feeling on that? And let's get into the next movement. Well, the, you mentioned the the looks of these guys and anybody that would get into just a few limited movements within the power rack. Yep. Now, I'll, I'll go back again to a, a funny story about Steve Schmidt. Of course, he was a farmer, never had too much time to train. He'd just run in and he'd have that hip lift bar loaded of course it started at 1875 Jeez, so wow. so so that was a warm-up he'd do that for maybe 20 reps then he'd put on some weight and, and, and do a couple and that would be th- that maybe a uh hand and thigh every now and then uh w- would be his training he but he'd come into meets and like you said he'd you'd give him a regular one inch bar oh. he beat beat everybody in those lifts too yeah. but the funny thing was when he came over to the one nationals that we conducted at, at our ambridge club uh and he did the hip lift i told my two boys at that yep. time both Sean and Rob were uh young teens 
uh, very young teens. In fact, Sean wasn't even into the teens yet. Uh, and I had told him about Steve Schmidt and, you know, this tremendous hip lift and everything. And they came in and they, he was standing there. I said, that's, that's Steve Schmidt over there. And oh, they wow. looked at him yeah. and they said, well, dad, they said, what's wrong with him? I said, <laughs> what do you mean? What's wrong with him? Why is his head so small? I said, no, his head is not small. It's the rest of them that's fucking big. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I mean, look, there's no doubt. And you've been around many, many people, much more than me that have done this stuff. And you like, you know, like we say, you were in the golden era. There's no doubt that this thing, it might be the most prolific piece of equipment ever made. And you think about it, okay, it's four posts, you know, some are welded, some are bolted at the top, and then you've got holes spread out in it. And you've got rods, or you've got the little whatever they call you put in there, uh, and you go hog wild on it. Obviously, mine's a little different, John's a little different, but you build them the way you need them the way they would serve a shoe. But think about this. How many things can you handle the most massive things in the world on and you're protected? That, I mean, there, there's there's no argument there. How many things? What, you're going to have somebody stand on each side of you when you're going to pull something out and walk your squat? That'll be the fucking day I'll do that. I've seen guys almost literally fall over because one guy was turning around looking at some broad in a thong and the other guy's grabbing the side of his bar. That ain't me. I'd rather do that. But go ahead, John. It's yours. Well, uh, it, uh, again, we're still talking about uh, some of the power and the looks of these. Uh, yeah. When we were talking about the bent over row, yep. uh, you got to remember back in the uh, early 60s and everything, one of the big players in both the power rack and power lifting was the old York writer, Terry Todd. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was a tremendous lifter uh, and won, I believe, uh, the first couple of national power lift meets. Mm -hmm. uh, had a really big deadlift. But one of his key lifts was the bent over row uh, with a heave within the power rack. Mm -hmm. He developed into tremendous pondages. And then later on, uh, at one of our local meets uh, ran into this fella, a heavyweight, a big heavyweight, and he had the largest arms I'd ever seen. <laughs> I mean, they, they were terrific. And, uh, you know, he was an unknown. I, I didn't know him because I'd never seen him lift before. And I said, how in the hell did you develop arms that big? I mean, for a heavyweight, I mean, they were even cut arms, but they wow. were immense. I mean, like they looked like they were 25 or 26 inches. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong on that, but they were big yeah. and I've seen big arms. I saw a lot of the big physique guys and, uh, this guy was just huge. Yeah. And he said, he said, well, I only do two exercises. I do a strict bench press and I do a do the bent over row. Son of a gun, man. He said, wow. the, he said the biceps come from yep. the row. Yep. He says the triceps come from the bench, bench. press. Yeah. And that's absolutely. the only thing he did. Well. The only lifts he did. And, it, it, I mean, yeah, he, he was overweight. But I'll tell you what, if this guy walked in with with a, uh, a tank top uh, or a, a shortcut T-shirt, he was going to draw attention. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, 
I know we're getting near the end and stuff. Do you want to do another movement? Do you want to bring it into the next show? Because I am going to use this as our volume four, but it's going to be very interesting for everybody to see the different movements you and I have talked about today. So you can make the decision. Do you want to do another okay, one? Yeah, let's talk about one more real okay. quick. Yeah, well, take uh, your time. Take your time. Okay, because this is one that very few people would think to put in a power rack. Put the damn trap bar. Oh, yeah. In there. Because the trap bar, you're grabbing it an entirely different way uh, with, with those rods. Uh, how would I say it? Soup, they, whether you're supinated, basically. Well, yeah. I was going to say, I was trying to get the difference between horizontal and vertical. vertical you, can use yeah. those, yep. you can use those big terms. But anyway, uh, they, uh, that gives you uh, a tremendous new incentive to lift high. The mm-hmm. problem with, is with the trap bar, uh, most of those are shorter than would fit into the standard uh, width of a power rack. You can still put plates on and everything. So what I did uh, in, uh, when I want to train that lift, I just t- put two barbells in there. We yeah. call it a two-bar two deadlift. Yep. Uh, you're holding the bar the same way, and that way you can you can adjust them to uh your personal height and everything i like to have it kind of a close grip with the bars in close to me mm-hmm. uh and uh it's a little bit more loading and everything and people get mad at you because you're tying up two bars oh well but, yeah oh well it's right but uh it, it's a it's a good movement and it feels different than most anything because you are lifting with those bars in fairly close to you mm-hmm. and, and it just works the whole musculature a little bit different. And personally, maybe it's just me. I find that I can lift more in the two bar deadlift than I can in a regular deadlift or with a trap bar. Wow. I don't know why, why that is, but you know, I, I, we, they, for some reason they put it in one of the world meets one yeah. year, the yeah. two bar deadlift. Yeah. And I just liked all the different colors of plates, so I wanted to write colors that would match the shirt I was wearing. <laughs> I, I ended up doing a two-bar deadlift with 460. Holy way, shit. Way, you know, and I was lightweight. I weighed about 145. Uh, and, and it's still a record. But wow. I, I was just all inspired by that. And something about the way that pulls with you standing in close that felt great. So you, got, you your leverage has got to be great and and your your hand strength because you know I don't care who you are I've done things like that a lot of times when I come up one one bar's leaning you know might be going down on the on the front of you the other one might be going behind you you know more down I mean it takes a little while at least for me to find the groove with that with that where you can just come straight up with it oh and, yeah balance balance yeah, is essential well I, and that's what I think is the beauty of that stuff and then you know you. You move those, and you got a set of rods just above you. So let's say you're moving it two inches. Holy Christ Almighty, my God. And, you know, another thing I bet would look – I mean, well, you can probably attest to this more than I could. I mean, think about if you've got some heavy poundage in each hand, which you want to work up to, and you pull that. Just think about when you pull that up. Just, just, just visually think about you're pulling those two bars up, and now you're pulling them against a set of rods just two inches above. Can you picture what your traps 
your rhomboids and the rest of your back is looking like, let alone, as my buddy used to say, who was a hell of a lifter from the YMCA, you got them damn coconut delts. You know, that's that's what it's all about. What else, John? What well, else? Well, you know, I, I was just going to make one quick comment on it. Go ahead. Go Being ahead. it's Christmas season, <laughs> la- and last year for Christmas, uh, my wife, I wasn't expecting anything. I, I get this long uh, thing wrapped like a tube. Yeah. And I said, what in the, I said, I told you not to get me anything. What is this? And she said, just open it. You'll see. Nice. She got me two long pieces of half inch rebar specifically. So for my narrow power rack down there, I yeah. could put this on the outside of pins yeah. uh, and, and do those two bar deadlifts son of a gun see she's all right after all huh yeah yeah she, <laughs> although she told me this morning you know i i won't even get coal this this year i'm bad <laughs> <laughs> that's all right down the road you'll get something good um what else you got john you um you've had you got everything out well uh, uh of course not i okay I let's let's mention one more yeah okay and I, I do have another couple of things and of course i want to stress to everybody that's listening don't listen to me don't listen to eric find two of your favorite moves yeah and figure out a way to get them in the power rack yep. but one thing I, I can't overlook is that uh i i keep mentioning the great belgian lifter serge redding oh, yeah. uh, probably the most muscular human yeah. yep. that's the world's ever seen yep uh he looked even better in person then you see him in pictures, and he looks damn big in pictures. Hell yeah. But he uh, uh, somehow – I can't find it up anymore, but I was searching some of his training. Yeah. And he did pretty much you know, standard things except for one movement he did in a power rack. He did a snatch grip high pull. Oh, and, and, you know, I, I wish I would have got that picture and recorded it because it shows all those, you know, that immense trapezius and shoulders he had yep. uh, doing the snatch grip pull. But apparently he went to that because, if you could believe this, he was not satisfied with his snatch in competition. Wow. It just wasn't that good. Well, after he did this, he became the first human being to snatch 400 pounds in a meet. Unreal. 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 I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I got a picture somewhere, if I can dig it up. I believe he's pulling off blocks. Oh, yeah, my yeah. I, I, I've seen that picture, and, oh and he did that God. a lot with blocks. But I had one of him right. actually in a power Snatching. rack. And for some stupid reason, yeah. I didn't record it. Figured, oh, I can look back and find this anytime. Guess yep. what? It's not Can't there. find it now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's just, um, it's just amazing what these guys did. I mean, you, you can see it and know what's happening, but you just think about the involvement of these racks. And you know, I, I know we've talked about this. You know, a lot of it they wanted to probably keep quiet because they didn't want anybody getting a sniff of what they were doing. But let's face it, once Ziegler found out and came up with everything, um, look at what it produced. I mean, Bill March, do we got to say any more? I mean, champion. All the way. All the way, all the way. So, we gave you a lot of things to look at today. I mean, John's had experience with all of it. Um, it's up to you now, like John said. Grab two movements and get going. 
and don't wait till January 1st of 2020. This show will be up at the latest, I hope, by Thursday. You're going to have a number of days still. Let me see. Today is, uh, let's see, sun- Thursday will be the 26th. One, yeah. two, three, four. You got five days to get cranking already. So don't wait, as I said, with anything for the opportune time because it's never going to happen. John, give out any info, anything you want to summarize. I'll give mine and just hang on, please. Okay. Just tell the guys, and or I'll tell the guys, guys, get out there and do this stuff, as Eric said. Don't make it a long process. If you're into uh, bodybuilding uh, and you want to have body parts that look good, how can I say this delicately? <laughs> Drop that shit. Yep. You know, uh, it doesn't matter because eventually you're not going to have that uh, huge uh, bodybuilding look anyway. Uh, you, you'll you'll tend to go back and get your senses and you'll look normal again when you stop all that pumping. But forget all these movements. You don't need to do curls. You don't nope. need to do uh, calf raises. Just do two or three power rack lifts Mm. and keep the sessions short. This is the whole key to everything. Short and intense. Do them. Get the hell out of there. I told Eric before we started this morning, I had to get a quick workout in. I did uh, two sets of the rack squat uh, holding and two sets of standing bench presses with cables, singles with all those, and I was done. Yeah, uh, I did them in you know five minutes maybe, but I had worked the body. Yeah, and that's the, all you need to do. And and the, and the beauty of it is, most people don't realize with the immense weights you're using, you don't want to step over that line. And if you do, well, you're going to have to deal with that. But that's the idea of this. I mean, look at what you're using. That, I mean. We, and I'm not going to get into it anymore because there, there's so many things we'll be talking about. But I'll leave you with this. And, John, Anthony, you got people you want them to get a hold of, et cetera, is this. You want to make serious gains, John said, as my buddy Richie would always say when we got done here, short and sweet. That's it. You don't need to go anymore. I know I, I talked about to John before he came on, my brother-in-law, he's having some issues. Uh, I think we're going to get him in this some serious rack training with the new prototypes too. Um, this this would you know I, he's my family. I want to help him out. It's just he's going to have to really uh, bite into this program. He's done power rack work with me, but not not like this. And this is going to be the deal we talked about the seal, seal the deal. You're going to have to drop all the shit that you've grown up with and done to do this. If you want to eventually transfer over after you've done this, like we talked about, you, you'll you'll be on your knees thanking God, believe me, that this has all happened for you because the strength that you'll have will be second to none. John, um, Facebook, anything, anything you want to lend people to get a hold of you, anything else, and I'll uh, finish up, buddy. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. If anybody wants to, you know, uh, drop me a note or, you know, you need help on any of this. But the big thing is, like Eric says, keep it short and simple. But on the bar, don't load the bar. Overload the bar. (laughs) And that's how you'll make the strength gains. Absolutely. Okay, Eric. All right. All right, John. 
Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. As I said, go out to Fiorella Barbell Co., Winners and Champions. That is our premier product. Also, too, come on in. A little prosperity consciousness here. Um, investment in FBC and M&M. If not, as I said, with the amount of people listening to our shows, $10, we will have quite an accumulation of money with the amount of downloads that are happening today. And I mean that. Also, too, go out to uh, motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Go out and listen to all the shows John and I have done. And Volume 3 went up yesterday afternoon. Volume 4 will be up probably no later than Thursday. I've got a couple to get out. I'm going to try to get Amanda's show up tonight if I can. Tomorrow, obviously, is Christmas Eve. And uh, during the day, I'm going to be doing stuff because I'm hoping to meet with some people on. We've got some stuff that possibly well, we're, I want to interview the owner. It's uh, all gra- grass-fed from um, Australia. I'm a big believer in raw heart, liver spleen, testicle, Um, we might have somebody here that's going to be able to help some people out. That's all old-style training. That stuff works because I know. I've done it for years. I mean, liver's always been a big thing with me, whether I eat it or I take it as a supplement. Um, I do believe in those things. I don't believe in a lot of the crap out there, and I wouldn't touch it because it's too much money. But this guy is the real deal. So I've already gone back and forth with the owner. And now I'm going to talk to his main man who runs that part of the business. So hopefully the 26th I'm going to be in touch with him. But we're back and forth right now. That's a whole other thing. And that's the point. I'm trying to get people in here next year, maybe with a few different things. We're looking for somebody who's really got some top-notch protein. Um and probably like that style, the glandulars. Um, all that stuff is what your body's... You know, you hear them saying all about CoQ10. You take that raw bovine heart, that's got more CoQ10 in it than the CoQ10 you're buying out of a health food store. And I don't even know half the time if the specs are right. With this guy, I've already looked at his specs, and I'm going to talk to him more before we make a decision about bringing it in. So we're doing a few things like that because I want to really help everybody here if they want to do it. Get a few good things instead of going away and pissing your money off on a bunch of crap that is probably toxic to your system. So that's some of the stuff we're doing for next year. Um, Also, too, as I said, go out. Well, I already talked about all the shows John and I have done. We'll get this up this week, Volume 4. Go out and sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. Anything I put out through MailChimp, you're going to get tons of it into your inbox also too another way to come in here and be part of us is to advertise with us the rates are very reasonable but we really put it out there for you and you will help us and we will help you and we will build two bigger and bigger brands and you know we're going to be around for a long time so it's time to hop on 2020 be part of the family here also too our youtube uh, group fiorello barbell company real men real strength real power if there's a show you like john and i to do fiorello barbell at nicap.r.com also too uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten all the way, and we thank you for that. 
We are on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. We're on AHA Directory, which is AHA. You can get Eminem in your car 24-7. Also, too, um, if someone seeks you out in the concrete jungle or the gym, five words will change your life forever. And believe me, they will. My mom would always say to us as kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You don't know what people are going through. And this time of year, I love, but a lot of people hate it. Why? I don't know. Things have happened to them. They're walking around with a big sad set of eyes or their head drooping down. There's no reason for that. That's why we're here. Start buying into what we're talking about. Everybody here has done it doing it or will do it down the road. You're not going to find this type of show anywhere. I don't care who the big names are. Everybody says, oh, you got to get involved with. I'm not getting involved with anybody. I don't need to. We have our people here, new ones coming in. We're building the empire here. That's all. I don't need somebody to carry my water for me. I wouldn't do it. I'm not like that. So it's good to help. But you know something? As my pop always said, take the bull by the horns. Also, too, Let's see, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, smash it, crush it, squat it, press it, row it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And the who's to steal stone, domination. Uh, um, Dennis was walking it the other day. I sent John some pictures. Boy, what an impressive stone, man. Holy God, I love that. And that's one of the four. The other, the uh, one is up in Buffalo with Steve Helmicki, who gave me a lot of help when I turn when I tore my left bicep in Iceland. Um, he's got the other one. The other three are here, and I've got an idea for another one too that will be very interesting next year. Um, let's see what else. Um, the domination stone, like I said, um, we clear cut the path. We follow no one. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our big balls. And as Russell Fur, who's been listening to us forever, he always says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It's more a tidal wave, brother, higher and wider. And thanks for listening all these years. Uh, Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never, quitters never win. Winners never quit. My dad. Be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. And like on John's birthday, it was my dad's anniversary. I went down to see him, had a great chat with him and Jimmy. And let me tell you something. Around here, it's hard on my mother still. But I know one thing about my pop. He was a tough-ass Italian is this. My dad would boot me in the ass if I was walking around my head down thinking about, oh, dad's gone. Well, yeah, I miss dad, definitely. But I like the idea where he says, you know what, you got to live. And that's what we're talking about here. People that got their head hanging down, live. Embrace your life, man. Give thanks for it. I'm telling you right now, you start doing that, life is going to change for the good. Also, too, another great guy was like a father figure. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever. We lost him four years this past August to cancer. He'd walk every patient in the door and say, keep smiling. Do I need to say any more than that? Keep smiling. I love John. I miss my Fridays with John. You talk about a guy that you would just you could sit there and talk to every day, and he still had that New Hampshire accent. 
What a, I'm telling you, salt of the earth. Also, too, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends, we are coming, and we won't kick your door, and we will blow the roof off your house. Get in. Send these shows out. Motivation muscle to your friends. Push it out everywhere. Etched in stone. Etched in stone for kids at FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Blogs. John's one of the writers. I mean, just exceptional material. You don't see this stuff anywhere. And if you're really interested in all the stuff I hear, oh, I want to get stronger, bigger, smarter, you've come to the right place. Get into it. Get into us. Join us. Also, too, before I sign off with John, you're all winners. You're all champions. You're all unstoppable. And one word I love, you're all geniuses. And if you're not hearing that, If you're not thinking that, it's time to change, folks. We're going into a brand new year. Make 2020, as I said, a fantastic year ahead for everybody. John, obviously, Merry Christmas to you and your family always. Um, Merry Christmas. And thank you for being on. You know, it's always an honor, and uh, your knowledge is second to none. So thank you for coming in, sir. Oh, you're welcome. So for John McCain, Eric Fiorello, like I said, the show – Thursday, I'm thinking. Um, Have a great Christmas, everybody, and start thinking big. If you're not thinking big, you're small. Who the hell wants to walk through life small? Get as big and as strong and as thinkable as you can. Have a great rest of the week, and go out and take some risks. That's what life is all about. And remember, life is asking something from you. Go out and do it. Thanks, everyone. We will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.